Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Rick Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Today is June the 4th. It's Pentecost Sunday. And the reading from the New Testament is Acts chapter 2. Begins with, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come. But I realize, and I I hope that everybody here realizes that Sunday morning is geared for our visitors. We want you to bring as many guests and visitors as you can to the house of God. It's not a service for us. It's a service for our community and our guests and our friends. Wednesday night, we have Bible study. That's geared toward meat and strong word for mature saints. But Sunday morning, that's an evangelistic service. And we want you to bring as many people as you can. So since we're having that kind of a service today, I think it is appropriate that you understand what the day of Pentecost is. Now, penta means 50. And the feast of Pentecost is like Thanksgiving Day. It's the feast of harvest, where all the crops have now been brought in, everybody's going to get paid, and we're going to have a big celebration of thankfulness for all that God has done for us. Now, in this particular case, the Passover, Jesus was crucified, three days later was the resurrection, and then if we read in the book of Acts chapter 1, We'll show you how to get to 50. Acts chapter one and verse three says, he showed himself, meaning Jesus, alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them didn't ask them. He commanded them that they would not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which you have heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Don't leave Jerusalem until you receive the Holy Ghost. Verse eight, you will receive power after that you receive the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you'll be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and the uttermost part of the earth. Three days in the grave, 40 days seen of men opening up their understanding to the scripture leaves us with seven days to Pentecost They were in an upper room, 120 of them, for seven days, waiting for the promise. Maybe it took them that long to get in one accord, but they certainly all remained in one place. And now, Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and sat upon each of them and they were all filled 
with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. 33 AD, this event took place and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And I have a couple of certificates I'd like to hand out today. I have one for Connor Berlinger, baptized in Jesus' name. Congratulations, Connor. And the same experience that took place in 33 AD has taken place in Randy Victory's life. He received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance for Brother Victory. It's okay, we'll give it to him later. Let him know I got it up here. What a great name to have, Victory. Amen. Now you can stand with me in honor of God's word. Acts chapter two, and we're gonna go down to verse number 14. Peter, standing up with the 11, lifted up his voice and he said unto them, you men of Judea and all that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. These are not drunken, as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day, which would be 9 a.m. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, that I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams, and on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. Aren't you glad that we can still have a Pentecostal experience 2,000 years later? that the Lord has not changed his mind or favored anyone, but promised that he would pour out his spirit upon all flesh. So I hope you buckle up today, because I'm gonna say it real plain to you today. And this is the title. We have tried this, but we need that. We have tried this, but we need that. This is that, Peter said. We have tried this, but we need that. God bless you, you may be seated. We live in an America where we're not afraid to try anything. We have gotten smashed on alcohol We have misused sex and become fornicators and adulterers. We have gotten high on just about any kind of drug you can either ingest, smoke, or stick into your body. We've tried it because we were promised 
that those things would help us to cope with the pains of everyday life. We have been told that there are places where you can go where everybody knows your name and problems are all the same and that you can escape all your problems by drinking alcohol. That will help you to escape. But if you know anything about alcohol, it may give you a temporary high, but it'll take your money. And those who were having fun last night are not having fun this morning. But you can get high on Jesus and there'll never be a hangover. He will give you something that will satisfy your soul. But alcohol will not do it. A new relationship with another person will not get the job done. In talking with law enforcement, they have told me that the number one problem we have in our area, in their opinion, is heroin. It is rampant in our society. And I looked at the word heroin, and I, you know how I like to play with words. Can you put the word heroin up? There it is. We need a hero in us. That's what we're lacking. We need a hero. And that hero needs to be in us. And that hero is Jesus. We don't need heroin, but we need a hero. Can I get an amen? We need a hero. And that hero needs to be in us. Hebrews chapter 11, speaking of Moses, it said, by faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Let me say it to you plain. Sin has pleasure. Let's not act like it doesn't. It does. Sin has pleasure. But it's seasonal. It doesn't last. Sin has temporary pleasures with long-term side effects. I don't know if you've seen some of the commercials that come on TV these days that talk about, you know, you have acid indigestion and you can take this pill. But the side effects are. And they give you this big long list and you say, my goodness, why would I take this? I'm better off with my pain than all of these side effects. You may lose an eye. You may get cancer. Oh, why would I do that? That's what sin is though. It makes a lot of promises. It brings a temporary relief or a high. But the side effects, all the side effects, they are long-term side effects. They can even follow you to eternity. So as a result of these temporary fixes, we now have addicts. People that thought that they were strong enough to back away from it at any time that they wanted. 
Oh yeah, I get drunk once in a while, but I'm never gonna be an alcoholic. I want you to know that the prodigal son never intended leaving his father's house to be a pig farmer. Well, I'm strong enough. You know, I know when is enough and and I, I can break any habit that gets a hold of me. Really? We've all heard that before, haven't we? We have been deceived by the enemy. He told us that that it would make us happy. It would satisfy the emptiness in our life. He never told us that we would become addicted. He never told us that he would rob us of our money and take away our health and destroy our relationships, our families, our marriages, our friendships. He never said any of that would have happened, but they did. I have to laugh at some people when, when I don't know if you're gonna see how this fits, but I, I had a situation where a person recently came and they said, you know, um, you guys talk about money too much. I really don't think we do, but I think it needs to be presented, but I think it hits a sore spot for some people because their God is in their wallet or in their purse. And when you talk about money, it's like, that's, that's mine. And they clench their fists around it. And, and they, they are so determined that they're, they're not going to let go of it. Listen, when Jesus gets a hold of your life, he ought to get a hold of everything. He's either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. Come on now. He's either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. And he has provided you with everything. But I I marvel at the amount of money, and I read the statistics uh, a few months ago, of what we spend on our addictions versus what we give to God. It is staggering. And what do we get for all of the money that we spend in the bars and in the drug houses and for buying relationships where there's really no sincerity at all, what do we really get long-term in reward for that? Versus coming and giving our lives to God completely, emptying ourselves and saying, God, come live in this house. I know and I've heard, I've heard people say this, something is missing. No, something is not missing. Someone is missing. You are missing the emptiness in your soul that is meant to be filled by Jesus. And only Jesus can satisfy your soul. Only Jesus can make you whole. There is nothing long-term that will satisfy you like Jesus. So how do we get so far from God to allow us uh, to do the things that we do? How does it happen? Isaiah 59, I want you to turn there with me. We are in desperate times. Isaiah 59 talks about our separation from God, which we talked a little bit about on Wednesday night. Isaiah 59 and one said, behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, 
that it cannot save. Neither is his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities, you know what iniquities are? They're things that you've learned from your parents. Sinful habits. That's how alcoholism can go from one generation to a next generation. It's passed down. It's learned behavior. You've observed it. You've lived with it. And now it continues as a spirit to work through your family. But I'm so glad today that I don't have to be like my dad. I don't have to be like my mom. My family has a history of this or a history of that. That can all be broken by the blood, by the power of the Spirit. God can deliver us. God can fill us. God can give us a victory spirit. Praise God. How did we get so separated? Iniquity separated you between you and your God. And your sins, not theirs, but your sins, have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Your hands are defiled with blood. Your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies. Your tongue has muttered perverseness. That's how we got separated from God. How did we get so separated from God? And so now in America, the greatest problem that we have is sin. Let's call it like it is. Let's call it like it is. The greatest problem that we have in America, the war is against sin. And only Jesus can cause us to be victorious over it. You see, God's intention is to be relational with you, not religious with you. Well, I go to church. That makes me a Christian. Well, I take my car to a garage, but it doesn't make me a mechanic. I go to a grocery store, but it doesn't make me a baker. Right? What makes you a Christian? Christ in you, the hope of glory. Not just talking, but walking. Not just by your power, but by his power. I can't do this without him. Did you hear what I just said? I can't do this without him. I need to be empowered with the Holy Ghost. That's why everybody needs a Pentecost. That's why everybody needs to stay. If I need to stay here seven days, I ain't getting to what you, I'm not leaving till I get what you promised. He said, don't, I'm commanding you. Don't leave Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Why? Because your entire life is gonna be frustrated when you try to overcome with your own power only. All the disciples had forsaken him. Even his number one disciple, Peter, had denied him three times. Why? Because he was walking in his own power. That's all he had till that point. That's all he had. Let me prove this to you. 1 Corinthians 6 and 19. Relational, not religious. What? Know you not that your body is meant to be the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, 
which you have of God and that you're not your own? For you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. God should be glorified by my body and through my human spirit. Notice it's not a capital S here. God needs to be glorified through my body and through my spirit. I brought a car. About a year ago, I bought this uh, Ford Fusion, 2010 Ford Fusion. Beautiful car. I looked at it, told my wife before we went shopping, we had a budget that we could afford for this car. I said, I want a black car. I want a really nice looking black car. You know when people shop for cars, you know the first thing they look at? The outside of the car. Now come on, let's be honest. You don't look at the engine. I mean, if the thing is all beat up, it's bashed in, scrapes all over it, looks like it's been in a demolition derby, are you going to buy that car? Now the engine in it, I've got to tell you, the engine in it is just fantastic. So what? I'm not driving around in a piece of junk. Come on now, somebody preach with me today. We are the bride of Christ. We ought to look like it. We ought to talk like it. We ought to act like it. Because the first thing anybody sees is the outside. Now I know there's a whole lot more to it than just the outside. But that's where it starts. Can I get an amen? So I looked at this black fusion. I said, this is a nice looking car. I could see myself sitting in this car. Then we opened the hood. And that's when we examined the most important parts of the car. The engine and the transmission. And all of these things that this car operates with, and I'm not very good at cars, so I'm I'm certainly not qualified to, to really get into too much detail, but I know this. I know that the most important thing about maintaining a car is oil changes. Now, when I left that parking lot with that beautiful black Ford Fusion, it was full of brand new oil, brand new antifreeze, transmission fluid, topped off with water, brake fluid, everything was at peak performance. Wouldn't I be the fool? If I thought I could drive off of that lot and drive that car indefinitely without maintaining or even changing the oil. Every three to 5,000 miles, and they'll even put a sticker in your window for you so you don't forget, you change the oil. Gotta keep the oil changed. You know why? Because the oil gets dirty and it loses its ability to do what it was designed to do. And when that happens, after about three to 5,000 miles, some of you may still change your oil, but those of you that don't, you will drive it into a garage, pull it up over a ramp, and people underneath will pull out a drain plug. That plug, now that the car is shut off, all the oil will go back to the pan And all of the oil, when that plug is pulled, will go out of the car. 
It will be filthy, black, useless oil. They will then take off an oil filter. The oil filter has been screening all the things that shouldn't be in your engine. Takes out all the garbage so that it keeps the oil as clean as possible. But after a while, that filter will clog up and it will not serve its purpose. So if you don't change the oil and if you don't change the filter, the car is either gonna run out of oil or the oil is gonna be so invaluable that you're gonna lose the car over a $20 oil change. Wasn't that a great example? Now let me make sure you understood what I just said. Oil represents the Holy Ghost. How about 10 virgins? What were they having in their lamps? Oil. You know, I I received the Holy Ghost, Brother Kylie, a month ago, a year ago, 20 years ago, 50 years ago. Yeah, but when did you change the oil? When's the last time you brought, brought it into the garage? and said, you know what, I I really appreciate my historical experience. But top everything off. Change my transmission, change my engine oil, change my antifreeze. It all needs to be changed. Undo the plug and take all the gunk out and give me a new filter. You know, people are really lacking filters these days. I can't believe some of the things that people come, it comes out of their mouth or the things that they're not ashamed to do. What happened to your filter? Does anybody here need an oil change? Anybody here say, you know, I, I haven't, I don't feel the way I once felt about that black fusion. Just don't seem to be running right. Mileage is down. It barks and it sputters and backfires once in a while. You haven't maintained it. You haven't brought it to the garage. You haven't changed the oil. It's not a one-time experience, folks. When's the last time you spoke in tongues? I'm talking to the church now. I'm not talking to our visitors right now. When's the last time you spoke in tongues? When's the last time you prayed in the Spirit? When's the last time you were so joyful that you sang in the Spirit? Maybe you need an oil change. Maybe you need an oil filter. Mm. See, God, God won't live in filth. And God can't fill what's full. I'll say it again. God won't live in filth and God can't fill what's full. If you're full of yourself, you're not gonna receive the Holy Ghost. That ain't gonna happen because you're too full of yourself. I don't need God. I I don't believe that. You know what we're afraid of? We're afraid of commitment. We're afraid of of not being Lord of our own lives. 
We're afraid of turning everything over to God and fully trusting him. We trust in the arm of flesh. I trust my banker. I trust my accountant. I trust my dentist. I trust my pastor. We're trusting everybody but God. We're not turning everything over to him and saying, hey, I brought this car in and I want you to fix everything on it that needs to be fixed. Well, it's gonna cost you a lot of money. I don't care. I can't get anywhere without this car. Somebody say amen. So God won't live in filth and God can't fill what's full. See, the vessel must first be emptied. Remember what I told you, the drain plug, that guy underneath there that you never meet? He took that plug out and out came all the oil. That's repentance. That's emptying everything that's in the complete oil system of your car. Every drop needs to come out. You need to start completely, somebody preach with me today. You need to start completely over with fresh oil, a fresh filter, a renewing of the Holy Ghost, a refreshing of the Holy Ghost. And don't let them throw a couple quarts of oil in the car either. I mean, when you get your oil changed, you make sure that they show you the dipstick and it shows it is. I don't go to the gas station and say, two bucks, please. Fill her up, man. I don't want to be here any more than I have to be. Fill her up. We ought to come to the house of God with the same attitude. Man, I'm here to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm I'm gonna be so full of the Holy Ghost, I'm gonna splash on somebody next to me. That grumpy person that looks like they got a lemon in their mouth. I don't care about your crabby attitude. My spirit's greater than that. I'll spill on you, you're not gonna spill on me. Because I'm full. Be full of the Holy Ghost. John the Baptist, Jesus, and Peter all preached repentance, water baptism, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. All three in that order. Listen to what Jesus said in John 3 and 3. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he can't see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of the water, that's being baptized in Jesus' name, and of the Spirit, that's receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost, he can't enter the kingdom of God. If you don't believe it, then take a look at Acts chapter two. I know I'm messing up the notes. But Acts chapter two said, Peter said, repent, empty, be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You will be filled for the promise is unto you and to your children and to those that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. I'm not gonna change my mind. I'm not gonna be a respecter of persons. I'm gonna be the same yesterday, today, and forever. I like that. I I mean, that's one of the things I like about the Bible. It doesn't change. It's not the Constitution of the United States. There are no amendments. 
There are no additions. And there better not be any subtractions. Good preaching, Pastor. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Praise God. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. And behold, all things become. And watch watch the beauty of the newness of fullness. Let's go to John 15. I'm I'm gonna blitz you here with a couple of scriptures that are all the same subject and say the same thing. John 15 and 11, speaking about the Holy Ghost. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Fill her up. That's where we get the word joyful. Filled with joy. Luke 16, 24. Hereto have I asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. You gotta ask for the joy. Psalm 16 and 11. Thou shalt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand are pleasures forevermore. First Peter 1 and 8. Rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Joy. J-O-Y. Jesus, others, and you. God wants you to have joy. He wants you to be happy. Well, you know, being a Christian is giving up everything. No, it's getting everything that matters. It's getting everything that matters. When you get a little bit older, like me and a few other folks around here, your value system is going to change. Homes and boats and cars and things and titles and that's gonna mean nothing to you. The thing that's gonna matter is relationships. Your relationship with God. You're gonna be so thankful for your marriage and your family and your friends and the body of Christ and realize that it's all come from God to bring you joy. Joy, he wants you to have this joy and he wants your joy to be full. He can make good on his promises. Satan has never made good on any of his promises. So what you need today is you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. That's what you need today. Well, you know, I got got a lot of problems. I'm learning, I'm I'm not gonna try and trick you. I haven't got all the answers and I'm a fellow struggler like you. But I'm learning that I'm not in this thing alone. I remember the first time that somebody whacked my brother's car after he got the Holy Ghost. And the woman was standing there and she was crying because she backed into his car and it was pretty obvious how Steve felt about his car and, and she was worried about what he would say to her. It happened in the church parking lot. But fortunately for her, 
He had just been filled with the Holy Ghost. And so he came out and looked, and there she was crying, and he said, my, look what you've done to God's car. I've had lots of cars. I don't need a brand new one. I don't need a $30,000, $40,000 car. I want something that looks nice, runs good. That doesn't matter. But you know what matters? What matters to me is I want to see Jesus. And I want him to say, welcome home. Well done, you good and faithful servant. That's what I want. If I could only have one thing, that's what I want. That's what I want. I'll tell you something else I want. I want to enjoy as many years as I possibly can with my wife. What a gift. I want to enjoy as many times as I can with my children and with my grandchildren. They are a gift. This will always be my church family and I want to enjoy as many times as I can with you in the house and out of the house. That's not an outhouse, that's just out of the house. (laughs) That's family. Those are the things that matter, folks. And you know what? I want to take as many people with me as I possibly can. Take as many people with you as you can. Teach as many Bible studies. Keep teaching Sunday school. Keep opening the doors to celebrate recovery. What a great ministry that is for all these people that thought that they they could beat it and can't. Man, we've got a place to bring them where they can receive hope. And, And we ought to be able to say, you know what, come to church with me on Sunday. We got the greatest music. Preacher, well, he's okay. But we got a friendly bunch. And we've got a great God. A great God. Let's stand together. The preacher had been working for years to try and get the banker to come to church. He figured the banker was the most influential man in town. Any problems the church had, well, the banker would be able to help him with them. Every time he went in, he invited him, said, boy, it'd be great to see you next Sunday. But to his amazement, one, sat, one time when he went in, the banker said, you know what, I'm coming to church on Sunday. Now the preacher, he wanted everything to be absolutely perfect. Perfect, it's gotta be perfect. He went to the worship leader and he said, these are the songs I want you to sing this Sunday. He organized it. He put a message together and he tried to be real careful not to be offensive in any area of his message. He wanted that message to be absolutely polished. He did everything to structure that service. But he had one concern. See, there was this little old lady that he had in his church, 
And if she felt the Spirit of God move on her, she would jump up from where she was and she'd start running around the church, waving her arms in the air and carrying on. Well, he didn't want any of that. Not when the banker's coming. That's why he chose all the slow songs. But all of a sudden, the Spirit of God hit that little old lady. She jumped up and started running around and waving her arms and shouting hallelujah. And the banker's eyes got as big as saucers and his mouth got real wide and open. And oh, the guy said, oh, the service has been ruined. But the banker, he stayed. And so the preacher, he got up there and he preached his polished message and he did his best not to offend anybody. And then when the service was over, he made a beeline for the banker. And he said, well, Mr. Banker, what'd you think of the service today? He said, well, sir, he said, I've, I've heard better preaching. But whatever that little old lady's got, that's what I want. That's what I'm looking for. How do I get that? I've already had this, but now I want that. Did you come here today satisfied with the this of this world, or are you looking for the that of God? Because what he gives you will satisfy your soul and satisfy every need you have if you just open up, unlock that plug, allow yourself to be cleansed and filled with the Holy Ghost. Jesus, I pray today that every person, just as you did in the upper room, you didn't select a few out of 120. You filled all 120 that were in that upper room. And I pray today that nobody would leave here just as you told them not to leave Jerusalem until they be endued with power from on high, but that they might receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon them, that their joy might be full, that their lives might be transformed, that their value system would be turned upside down, that that what they'd really value is their relationship with you and all that you can provide. And that we wouldn't go to the beggarly elements of the world. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.